guys, you're listening to We Just Like to Talk with your host, I'm Becky. And I'm Ben. Welcome to the show. Today we're going to be talking about positivity, uh, specifically what we do personally to stay positive when we're facing challenges in our life as young adults. And uh, then we're also going to flip it around and we're going to talk a little bit about toxic positivity. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into what we mean about that a bit later in the episode. Sounds fantastic. I feel like we have so much to talk about. I think so too. So let's get right into it. So, Becky, how do you stay positive when you're feeling down or when you've just got a hard hard week going on? Well, I feel like there's two things with this because there's almost like a maintenance that I do, and I think most people do, to, to kind of stay positive. Even when you're not faced with a lot of uh, difficulties or hardship, I feel like you still have some sort of maintenance to do to feel uplifted and, and to stay there, right? For me, I meditate every single morning. I wouldn't say I do this every single day, but maybe like every second or third day, I I have a stack of cards that have like really positive messages on them, like affirmations. So um, for example, like today's card was, I can change my patterns when I change my mind about them. So you find that um, like affirmations and other positive statements that you're reading or when you hear them when you're meditating uh, you find those very helpful yeah absolutely and I think there's a difference because for me you know how sometimes people say like oh you know if you want to be something then you got to emulate or you got to write down like that you're already that thing so like Mm -hmm. I feel like when you read maybe like a self-help book or people talk about affirmations they kind of guide you in the direction of write down what you would like to be or would like to be doing as if you were already doing that. So for example, if you're not good at saving money, you write every single morning, I'm great at saving money. Right. And then the the idea from there is the more you write it down, the more you kind of like make it a part of yourself and then eventually it's supposed to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, You would like ingrain it within yourself. But I think you have to have some sort of belief, maybe not fully, but somewhere in your mind has to believe that like, yes, I can save. So, you know, I'm going to write this down and it's going to help me to save even more. Like, sure, that's great. But I think the more effective route for me is almost seeing like a positive affirmation. The ones that I use are from um, Gabby Bernstein. It's called Miracles Now. And yeah, I just find because they're, they're, each card is so different and you don't really know what you're going to get. And so it's kind of like a nice surprise. It's kind of like it's kind of like the fortune in the fortune cookie. <laughs> Does it, so, so each of the affirmations includes lottery numbers below it. You would hope so. <laughs> now, maybe let's talk about like more like positivity when you're facing difficulties difficulties in life. And I I think that still meditating and 
uh, seeing affirmations and reading them is obviously still helpful, but I feel like you almost need more tools to help you when it's through those difficult times. So for example, some things that I like to do, I think your mind goes in those deep, dark places when you're facing adversity. Um, I think a really great thing to do and helpful thing is just writing down things that you're grateful for. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then also, I think in general too, just like surrounding yourself with positive people. Sometimes like a distraction can be really nice when it's during those difficult moments, like watching a funny show or hanging out with your friends and just being uplifted. Mm-hmm. So Ben, tell me, um, how do you stay positive and how do you keep staying positive when life throws some curveballs at you? I mean, you know, when, when life kicks me while I'm down, I just, I kick it back and then we get into a fight <laughs> and then we get arrested and one of us ends up in jail. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of what you said resonates with me, although maybe I do it in slightly different ways, which I think is where we're going to get into some interesting conversations in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't meditate per se, mm-hmm. um, although if I'm, especially if I'm sitting outside reading, I'll just sort of put my book to the side and just close my eyes and take a moment and, and appreciate where I am and just pay attention to what's going on around me and sort of soak up the stillness of the moment. So maybe more like mindfulness? Yeah, it's, it's, I'd say it's a form of mindfulness. Um, yeah. And so I do that, but then I also I knit as a hobby. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that for about six and a half years. And I, I consider knitting sort of meditative for me. Because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do it in front of the TV. It doesn't really matter what's on, but I, I, I pretty much only watch TV if I'm knitting. Uh, and there's something about the way you have to follow the pattern that I found very, I find it very calming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I'm, especially if I'm not feeling great about something, if I'm not in the best of moods, sometimes just putting on, like you said, just putting on a show, having that distraction, mm-hmm. and then focusing on whatever I'm making can be really helpful, mm-hmm. uh, especially if I'm making a gift for somebody I know, right? Rather than just knitting a random piece of clothing, because then I can just think about how good it will feel when I finish it and I give it to this person and the look on their face when they receive it. I always find that really gratifying. So it's 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 not just the action of knitting, although that can be nice because it's a bit of a mindless task, mm-hmm. but it's also, it's giving me this opportunity to think about these good things that are going to be happening in the future, not just to me, but to my friends. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, I like to make my friends feel good. And uh, that's another thing I try to do. If if I'm not feeling good, I'll try to make other people feel good because then I also feel good. I, you know, I I always text you compliments and stuff. And sometimes it's just because I want to send you a compliment. And sometimes it's because I'm feeling down and I'm like, well, I could complain or I could just say nice things to Becky and make her feel good, and then maybe I'll feel better. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So I just I like doing nice things for my friends, and I like spending time with my friends. You know, when you come over and hang out, or when you're in Montreal, when we just we chat, we chat on the phone, or we watch Buffy together. Um, more so when you were living here in Thunder Bay, we would cook together and just... Those times, it, it doesn't matter how bad I feel. Those times are always so uplifting and so positive for me because mm-hmm. it's just, it's this, it's those one-on-one moments where I feel the most connected to people. 
they'll make you feel better regardless of whatever mood you're in, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think one thing, yeah, one thing maybe to get across when we're talking about positivity, right, is like you can't always fix what's wrong, right? No. Like we're not, we're, not, we're not necessarily talking about that. We're talking about like, okay, things suck. How do you cope with it? How do you survive until the next day or the next hour? Like what are some ways to just stop yourself from staring into the abyss until, right, until Netflix asks you, are you still there? Um, yeah, so you're right. Like just distracting ourselves or spending time with our friends or things like that, those aren't necessarily going to make us feel good long-term, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just, you need that, that dose of like serotonin and you need those moments where you don't feel so alone or you feel like, yeah, like I've got these good things in my life. You feel connected. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I'm recording this podcast with you. It's just like, this is a highlight of my week. Me too. <laughs> I'm glad we're here for the same reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I'm really trying to do, and we'll get more into this when we talk about toxic positivity, but I'm trying to train myself out of just spending hours scrolling through Twitter and other websites, but it's mm. hard. Yeah. It's hard. The, struggle's, the struggle is real, I know, Becky. The struggle is real. I think a lot of people can relate to that, though, like waking up in the morning and especially if your phone is your alarm and so you turn off your alarm and what's the first thing that most people do is they automatically go on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and yeah it kind of does make you feel shitty because you're comparing your life and or or you you're seeing the news and and or people are being negative about something and I really don't think that's a great way to start your day ever but I know it's a hard habit to kick and I mean I'm I'm guilty of it for sure sometimes but I think the nice thing about the meditation that I'm doing right now it's on Headspace so yeah it's using my phone but it's it's using it for more positive purposes so that's the first thing I do in the morning is instead of hitting Instagram or Facebook I'm like well you know I'm in bed I'm I'm relaxed so I might as well just meditate while I'm at it yeah, I think that's a really good point. And that's something that people gloss over sometimes when they, they go on their little like anti-social media or anti-technology rants. They're like, oh, you should unplug from your device. You should go out and see nature and stuff. And yes, that's all good. Like by all means, go for a walk. That's a wonderful way to restore your balance. Um, yeah. Go out, spend more time outside. I totally agree with that. But when you when you just paint technology with that wide brush of like technologies and helping us, you ignore the fact that, like you just said, there's these apps like Headspace and other meditation apps or other mindfulness apps. There's these strategies that you can have that involve using your device. And those can be not just helpful, but some people find those crucial, right? So I don't I don't think that we should overlook the, the positive, if you will, uh, or the possible benefits of technology and of our cell phones. It is just a case of balance. Uh, maybe shutting off those notifications sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and like you said, you got to you got to build up those good habits. So it's really cool that you've got that routine where uh, it's almost like you're training yourself. So instead of tapping on that Instagram icon, you tap on the Headspace icon instead, uh, and you reward yourself with some nice smooth meditation. Yeah. When it comes to distractions, I find that one thing that I have is I have a morning ride playlist about like five or six songs and I, I rotate them out 
whatever I want to hear. But they're always just like upbeat, positive songs. Uh, and I put it on to play and I pump it through my house. And it's just like I'm listening to this music and I'm like, I'm going to get myself pumped up for the workday. Uh, and I don't always have time to listen to the whole playlist because it usually takes me like 10, 15 minutes and then I'm out the door. But it, it's just it's something where it's like I don't want silence in my house while I'm getting ready for work. I need that noise and I need that energy and then I'm out the door and I'm ready to go. I love it. I feel like I should have I should be making a positive playlist. In addition to the morning ride playlist, I do actually have I have two other playlists. I have a feeling I have a I feel mellow playlist or I want to feel mellow. So I play that one where I'm when I'm like in kind of a bad mood or when I'm feeling down and I just I kind of want to hollow myself out like I want to scoop out those feelings and and mm-hmm. get and get to a point where I'm kind of like reaching a catharsis. So those songs aren't necessarily sad, but they are they're a bit slower. They're a bit, they're quite emotional. Some of them are pick-me-up songs, but they're not necessarily like dancey upbeat songs. Yeah. Um, and then I also have a playlist called Feeling Good, which is the opposite of that, where they're all like dancey upbeat songs. Not necessarily like the same songs I'd put on my morning ride, although there's a lot of o- overlap. The morning ride is often like new songs that I'm excited about. But yeah, I have a Feeling Good playlist where I'm like, I am, I'm already feeling good. You know, maybe I'm getting ready to cook or something, or I just want to dance around my house for a bit. I want to keep that energy level up. I love it. So it's good to have different playlists for different different moods and and different ways you want to influence yourself, right? Because music is music is a good way to hack your brain. Like stories hack your brain, but music is also like a direct conduit to changing your brain. So it's for if you sure. want to change your mood, change your music. I love it. That's yeah. That's a great. That's a great way to stay positive. But I will say on that on that note, I feel like my taste in music changes not a lot, but you know, sometimes I'm really really into one, two, three songs and I'll just listen to them on repeat. Yeah. And then other times I'm like, "Oh, I just want to put my music on shuffle and and see what happens." Um mm-hmm. I don't know. I th- I think I go through a lot of phases that for me having one playlist like I would get tired of it really easily. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I, I don't always just listen to those playlists, right? I, I tend to DJ my music on my computer, but if I'm just listening on my phone, it's almost always just on shuffle. It's just whatever music's on my phone, I'll just shuffle and I'll skip a song if I don't feel like listening to that song. Cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think something else I would like to add to the positivity, I think animals have such a profound effect on how we feel and um yeah and we have a cat in our house and her name is babushka (laughs) which means old lady and uh she she is kind of an old lady like she's she can sometimes i mean all cats are kind of like old ladies like once they're not kittens anymore they're old ladies i guess i don't know i don't have i've never had a cat so there's no such thing as a middle-aged cat. They're either young and carefree kittens, or right. else they're just they're just old people who want you to feed them they're and then grumps. leave them alone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, mine is true to her name, and uh, she's also like really sassy. Like she's she's vocal, but not too vocal. Like you know, you you will know exactly what she wants. Like <laughs> you sit in her on her side of the couch, kind of meows at you. You disturb her. She meows. Just very briefly, you know, just enough mm-hmm. to know like, hey, I'm, I'm a little pissed and you should know. 
Um, but she's so cute and, uh, she doesn't always cuddle, but when she does, it's, uh, it's actually very nice. Um, (laughs) except for when she's kind of doing that kneading thing, um, on your legs and you're like, ow, you have claws. I'm super sensitive to that. Like, I can't stand when cats climb on me. I can't stand when... Because I'm ticklish, and then I'm also super sensitive to their claws. Like, if a cat scratches me, Mm -hmm. I freak out. And it's not the cat's fault. I I get it. They're just being playful most of the time. I know. But it's just... I I can't handle it. I don't pick up cats. And I do love cats. Like, I I have two cats. They live at my dad's now that I, I have my own house, but... Uh, every time I go over there, which is most most days, I see these two cats, and I love them to death. Uh, one of them is named Sarah, and when I go over to my dad's house and I sit down in the chair in the living room where I normally sit, she will race over from wherever she's sleeping, <laughs> and she will wait for me to massage her with my feet. Like that, that is her thing. She doesn't like it when I pet her with my hands that much. She'll kind of like move away. She'll get a little skittish. She's like, "What's what's going on here?" But if Just I massage her with my feet. Yeah, she, and she's like a dog. She like comes and sits at my feet and will like, kind of like collapse onto my feet with her her massive bulk because she's a little bit of a fat cat. Um, and you know she'll rub her face against my feet and then I'll, I'll she's like just dude just like massage me right now or else I'm just gonna get friskier. Um, and then our other cat, she's a little bit younger and she kind of still looks like a kitten even though she's several years old now. Her name's Carmel. Uh, she, and she acts like a kitten. She kind of acts like a dog sometimes. Like she'll, she, she just goes everywhere. She puts her face and her nose everywhere. Um, she'll attack anything that's not nailed down. Uh, she, she's a bit of a crazy evil kitty. And uh, we love her still because cats are adorable. And that's how they, they stop you from, from killing them when they annoy you. But uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're so right. Like if I'm feeling bad, I just cuddle Sarah or Carmel. And they're, they're just they're so furry and they purr and they're warm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I and I know some people aren't cat people. Some people are dog people. Some people are lizard people. Uh, by which I mean they like lizards, not that they're secretly lizards in human suits. There's a difference. <laughs> um, some people are snake people, right? I get it. Whatever, whatever you like, hamster people. You, but you're so right. Like, there's a reason why we have like cute animal pictures all over the internet, right? Animals are cool. Animals are cool. They make you feel good, especially when you're not feeling good. Yeah. Okay, so before we move on to toxic positivity, one thing I do want to do is I, w- I want to plug somebody's Tumblr here because um, I discovered these through Twitter and they, I don't know, they came across my feed one day and I just, I love them to bits. Um, so there's this artist named M. Roy mm-hmm. uh, and she makes positive doodles and her Twitter is positivedoodles.tumblr.com. Her, her Tumblr, sorry, not her Twitter. And... Um, they're just these little images with like animals or other characters just saying something in a speech bubble most of the time they're very positive little phrases like i believe in you you can do the thing you are enough um uh, and they're they're they're, they're the perfect balance between cute and warm and affirmational i just i love them and i love sending them to my friends but they're just they're great i i've got i follow her on twitter so i just get them in my feed all the time and then when I, when I want to send my friend a little compliment, but I don't want it just to be something that I wrote down or I want them to have a, a cool image or a cool doodle. I'm not much of an artist myself. I'll just send them one of those images and uh, I hope it improves people's days. Mm-hmm. 
So for the second part of our episode, I wanted to talk about sort of the dark side of positivity because uh, we like to say, oh, we should be positive and we like to talk about strategies for being positive and coping and stuff. And that's really good. But I think there is underneath that a little toxic current or a current of toxic positivity, if you will, where there's pressure on us to present our most positive selves all the time uh, when we are in public or with other people or on social media. And that itself can be very detrimental and very negative for us. One reason why I wanted to bring this whole topic up is because I'm really interested in if you could talk about your experiences, both as a woman, uh, because I know that women tend to be told that they should smile more and, and be more positive. Um, and then also as like somebody who is sort of trying to make yourself into a bit more of like a social media personality or influencer. I think that's accurate. Um, uh, so do you feel a little more pressure in that sense to present your image as a, a positive thing? I feel a ton of pressure to always stay and be uplifted and to present this image that I'm always happy but I will say that my personality for the most part I just do feel positive for the most yeah. part right yeah it's who you are you are a bubbly naturally vibrant positive person and I really like that about you thank you and yeah, I, I feel like definitely as women, we are told to be more positive or, you know, always be cheerful. And and I think if you're not, you're considered like bitchy or, oh, you're PMSing. You know, I, I've mm -hmm. definitely had those comments from people before, like from pa past boyfriends or whomever, like, oh, you must be on your period. And it's like, it's okay. that time of the month. Yeah, oh, it's that time of the month. And it's like, no, I'm human and I'm allowed to be in a bad mood. I'm allowed to feel sour. I'm allowed to, you know, wallow in <laughs> whatever, self-pity. Like, I, I can because I'm human. And yeah, I, I think it's unfair that men men say that to us or, or who, who whoever. I, I'm sure women say it to other women too, but... Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go back to the whole thing about social media and positivity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think especially... I Okay, I'll, I'll rank them maybe. I think Instagram is probably the worst because you just see the most curated pictures and mm -hmm. people's perfect lives. Um, I think Facebook is somewhere in between because you see you know people getting married and oh my god everyone's so happy but then you also see people... everybody's getting married or having babies on facebook it's just like it's our generation we're at that age where it's just like it's their time yeah for sure or oh i or oh, oh i got a new house like you know um yeah i i definitely didn't contribute to that whatsoever what, what are you talking about <laughs> but i think you also see another side where i think because you can you know, write post. I think people can get a little bit more intimate. Like, hey, I had a really mm -hmm. bad day at work and this is what happened. And like, hey, like, what do you guys think about this? So I think there's some engagement with that. But I feel like Twitter is the worst in terms of the negativity part because 
I don't know. I just feel like people are Debbie Downers and then you get all the news coming in and usually news isn't happy. It's usually, you know, sad or terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, so when you, sorry, when you said you were ranking these, so you're saying like, okay, Instagram is the most positive. Facebook is more kind of neutral. Twitter is the yeah. most negative. Um, but what, how do you feel about them in terms of uh, toxic positivity? And like, do you feel like Instagram even though it's the most positive, does that also mean it, it has the most pressure on people to post positive like pics and, and comments and stuff? Oh, for sure. You see people's, you know, trips and their dogs and, you know, their lifestyle. And, and you can edit it in a way that's just like, I'm living my best life right now. And or you also see a lot of people using Facetune. So like photoshopping their face and then, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's so bad or, or photoshopping their bodies. Like, you know, you see a lot of like fit girls or, or even models on Instagram. Like mm-hmm. one of my friends was saying that she kind of did like an, like a social media cleanse where she unfollowed all the people that made her feel bad about herself. And I thought that's such a great idea. So I went back through my Instagram. I follow a ton of models and sometimes seeing a model with like big boobs, small waist, big butt, like, yeah, that doesn't make me feel good because that's not my body shape. So I was like, okay, I'll still follow some models, just like the slender ones. Like, I mean, not, sorry, not just the slender ones, but the ones that are maybe more similar to my body type. So then I'm not looking at another model and being like, well, why don't I have that? Or... Why don't I look like that? Unless I feel like they're inspiring me in some way. Yeah. So it's almost like there's this double-edged sword of like the stuff that we see on things like Instagram that are supposed to be positive and uplifting sometimes make us feel less than that. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I, and I think that some people on Instagram that, um, you know, their body types aren't similar to mine, but they're inspiring because they're pretty real about their journey and their process so an example is uh i follow this girl emily sky so she's a fitness model and you know obviously has a great body but but she's totally honest about what she's done like she has breast implants um she has a newborn and so she goes through the process and she's like this is what my stomach actually looks like right now and you know i'm not super happy about it but I will show you guys like the progress. So it's it's kind of cool in that way because she could she could easily Photoshop her body after having a baby, and then you feel awful because you're like, well, shit, she just had a baby, and look where her body's at, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's so real about the process. That you're like, okay, this is this is pretty helpful and uh, like good for her. And and that was what social media was originally promising us, right? Is like the behind the scenes of celebrities and like, we're going to get to see their moments where they're not actually perfect and not actually like perfectly made up and perfect hair and stuff. And then it didn't quite deliver on that most of the time. So it's nice that there's at least some people uh, who feel comfortable pulling back that curtain and showing us that side of things. Absolutely. And it kind of makes me question sometimes too what I'm putting on social media because I know that I put up more positive pictures and um, I've, I've had, and 
and I don't, I don't want to say Montreal hasn't been amazing because it absolutely is. Like I'm, I'm living, I am living my life. I'm living my best life right now. Uh, but I know a lot of people, especially from Thunder Bay, they'll say to me like, oh, wow, like just looks like you're having fun like all the time. And I'm like, mm, yeah. yeah, but you don't really know like the struggles behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, and that's partly just me filtering out the bad stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you, you don't want to post about that stuff because you don't want to remember it when you go back through your feed and yeah. you don't want to harp on it. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So on the subject of Instagram and positivity and stuff, so did you follow kind of like last month or earlier than that, uh, the whole Scarlet London thing? I didn't, no. It's an article called Instagram is supposed to be friendly, so why is it making people so miserable? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for people to go check it out. It's a Guardian article. Uh, but they talk about how uh, the, there's sort of like almost this backlash to people who basically make it their their living to be an influencer on social media and post positive things. So the story, it's a feature story about a 24-year-old fashion blogger named Scarlett Dixon. And she posts a lot of, you know, quite sort of not candid photos or staged photos um, on her Instagram. And there's obviously a lot of work that goes into them. Mm-hmm. And at one point in last September, uh, somebody posted on Twitter just eviscerating her. You know, she posted this photo of uh, herself in like a cute pair of pajamas on her bed with like strawberries and pancakes and holding a cup of tea or coffee and like good morning on a board next to her bed and some heart shaped balloons. And like it's a really sort of well put together picture. Mm-hmm. And she says the best of days start with a smile and positive thoughts and pancakes and strawberries and bottomless tea um, <laughs> and rainbows and, so and posts- butterflies. Yeah, she posted this on Instagram and then somebody on Twitter said, fuck off, this is anybody's normal morning and sort of kind of like just it started this whole backlash against this blogger and she she started getting hate messages on all of her social media platforms calling her like fake and how dare she misrepresent how perfect her life is. Mm. Uh, and so I'm, I'm just curious what your thoughts on that because I, obviously I think it's terrible that she's getting this kind of hate, but it's like... Yeah what is it what what where did we go wrong becky like what is it that this this thing that was supposed to be so positive has now turned into this nightmare right yeah absolutely i mean it's hard because it's like i love sometimes i love following people like that because i'm like not not because i wish that my life was like that but i take it for what it is it's like yeah you're wearing cute pajamas and and you look cozy and clearly this is stage and actually if you look close enough in the balloons you can see like the photographer oh yeah yeah do you see that yeah yeah good 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 shot there good eyes it's almost like you model for a living (laughs) exactly so i think there's a difference between getting getting paid for this stuff and being transparent and being like you know this this was a cute cute fun morning where i had pancakes and oh and guess what this this post is also sponsored by listerine okay sure yeah that's that's a fair thing um you're not acting like this is your every morning right mm-hmm. but but then i think there's another side to it where maybe some influencers act like this is their every day and their life isn't that hard and they oh and they travel all over the world and how luxurious it is and being someone that's a blogger and 
that's what I love doing as a hobby. I'm very honest with people. Like, I'm like, it's a lot of work. And maybe there could be a shift. Like, maybe these influencers could also show the not-so-great times to remind people that, yeah, this is a little bit staged or maybe a lot staged and but I enjoy doing it but here's a bit a bit of reality too so I I don't know I I think it just depends on how you take all of it right like are you looking at these influencers being like wow like I wish I wish I lived their life because it's so fabulous and they don't have to worry about anything or are you looking at them being like yeah that looks like a lot of work just getting ready and then you probably had to take like a hundred photos just to get you know 20 nice ones Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a really interesting way of putting it. Thank you for articulating it that way. Yeah, I, I suppose I should I should put in a confession at this point that uh, in terms of my Instagram activity, I I started doing Instagram seriously at the beginning of this year, and I only I only post photos of my knitting, and that's on purpose. That is a decision I've made. Because I decided that I, I'm not posting enough photos on Twitter of my knitting. And I want to post photos of my knitting, like finished things, but also stuff in progress, just to sort of spread some positivity. Because I think it's cool to just sort of show off what I've made and, and explain why I'm making it, who I'm making it for, uh, and, and just have a nice, pretty looking thing across people's feeds. Uh, so I've actually, I, I've made the decision to very consciously only post positive knitting pictures on on instagram and you you won't see anything else from me in terms of what else i'm doing in my life or uh negativity i save Mm -hmm. that for twitter Mm because like you said that's the garbage fire of the internet (laughs) uh that's actually tumblr sorry tumblr um (laughs) but yeah so i don't know maybe i'm contrib maybe i'm part of the problem here because people who follow me on instagram are just gonna be like oh his life is just 100 positive knitting all the time Maybe not, but but yeah, it, it's interesting because I think what it gets right down to and what you were getting down to there is that uh, social media is just very much about how we choose to present ourselves to the world, right? It's mm-hmm. just, it's another one of those masks that we wear and we can wear different masks on different platforms, but we have a lot more control. We, we can filter a lot more on social media than we can in person. So you can choose how positive you want to be, and, and how much positivity you want to filter. Uh, and and it, sometimes there's no right choice because it doesn't matter. You could be the most positive person ever and you're still going to get crucified for it. Yeah, exactly. I, I And yeah, like I said before too, like I think it depends on how people are taking things and how you're interpreting stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I and I almost feel like it's, maybe social media isn't, isn't for everyone. Like maybe... Yeah, sometimes you do need a social media break or if you enjoy social media for what it is, like that's fantastic too. And I will also add on to what you've um what you've said about, you know, your life maybe seem seeming perfect. Yeah, like I I enjoy posting I think a variety of things because those are my interests too, right? Like I enjoy posting DIYs and I enjoy posting like lattes that I've had because I genuinely enjoyed them or I enjoy posting pictures with friends because that's who I love and family and trips because I had a great time. Not because my life is perfect, but these are the things that I cherish and maybe 
maybe people will cherish them too. Um, I will, I would like to mention too, there's a vlogger from France, um, her, she goes by Cuckoo Les Girls, um, so she sort of started this campaign of putting, I'm not sure if it was on YouTube or Instagram or, or both, but she was putting, uh, pictures from what I understand of her real emotions, like in the morning, she woke up super happy. Okay, she'd post that. Or in the afternoon, she was feeling down in the dumps and crying and, and she would post that. And I think that's also hilarious too because that's so much more relatable than someone that's posing in a pumpkin patch looking fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, like, I like stuff like that too. I mean, I, I think that a lot of the people I follow on social media, a lot of the people we might say so-called influencers and stuff, are, are people who feel relatable like they're I don't follow a lot of big big celebrities yeah um, just be, just because I don't feel like I can I can connect to them and I don't I don't care if other people follow a lot of big celebrities I'm not saying that's a bad thing I, and I do follow some on Twitter but I also like a lot of the YouTube personalities I follow I follow because I do feel like I'm connected to them and some of them post about very personal things like their anxiety or depression or stuff like that and yeah. It's it's nice to to see that side of things as well as the positive side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, people can find me on Twitter. So if they, they want to tell me that they, I need to smile more, they should do it on Twitter. Um, I am on Instagram, but you're like I just like I said earlier in the episode, you're just going to see knitting pictures. So I'm uh, at Tachyon DK on Twitter. So you can just search for Ben Babcock or you can type in T-A-C-H-Y-O-N-D-K uh, and that's that's my handle on most social media so you can stalk me wherever you like. Uh, where would, will people find you, Becky? People love stalking, by the way. Um, follow me on Instagram for sure. Um, my handle is at Becky Scotty, so not Biscotti, but B-E-C-K-Y-S-C-O-T-T-Y uh that's my personal one on instagram or you can follow my blogging profile on instagram and that's at no basic becky so yeah just depends what you want to see i'm going to finish things off by giving you a compliment because this is all about positivity and being positive (laughs) uh so i've had a really good time talking with you about positivity and and learning from you about thing things that that help us stay positive and also your your thoughts on especially social media because i I feel like we're both quite active on different types of social media Mm -hmm. Uh, so so thank you for sharing with me those unique perspectives and i feel really good about this conversation me too ben i feel positive and uplifted and uh i think a lot of it has to do with you and uh, i would also like to give you a compliment and say um thank you for sharing you know, how you stay positive. I think all of it is super relatable. And and thank you too for sharing um, Roy's positive doodles because whenever you send them to me, they bring a smile to my face. And um, yeah, thank you for being you. Aw. All right, cool. 